Lights, camera, action. It's a clap of the clapboard, as they call it, a clapboard. Yeah. Welcome to the show, everybody. We're on stage. Yeah, there's a big applause and the curtains open. It's not. It's both a movie and a play. Oh, yeah, right. The play, the curtains. That Someone came out with the clapboard in front of the curtains, clapped it, and then the yeah. curtains And opened. they shouted, lights, camera, action, because there are cameras in the audience recording right. the play. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome, everyone, back to the Seriously Wrong Podcast. My name's Sean. This, this voice you might recognize from past episodes. It's still Sean. Uh, and my voice you won't recognize from past episodes. I'm not sure if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you may or may not. This might be your first time tuning in. Oh, maybe people. I just assumed that my voice sounded different every time. Are you saying it's the same? No, it's usually pretty similar. Oh, weird. Anyway, this voice is Aaron. Yeah, let's I, not bury the lead. That's Aaron. And you might be wondering why we're standing up on this stage wearing one crying mask and one laughing mask. That's because this week we're talking about drama. Drama, conflict. High stakes, interpersonal disputes, you know, where sides must be taken, friendships broken asunder, audiences cackling and pointing, uh, crying <laughs> or laughing. Uh, it's the engine of life, really, if you think about it. I mean, like, there's probably other things that are the engine of life, but... Um, chemistry. Chemistry, Gravity. yeah. Gravity. Gravity. Gravity does do a lot. Depends what you mean when you say life. I was thinking of like cellular life when I said chemistry. Yeah, I was thinking more of social life. Like I feel like, you know, the history of what's the class struggle thing? The history of the history of all hitherto existing society is a story of class struggle. Yeah, or class drama, you could say. Like class drama. <laughs> two two classes kind of getting into drama with each other and proletarians like... are so dramatic. No, I think the bosses really, they're the one, like if I'm adjudicating this drama and kind of the onlooker and I'm saying who's right and who's wrong. Yeah, for when you're this. passing it on to others in the future. So you might, by passing on your narrative interpretations of this drama that you were a bystander to, you can help people to sort of better understand and interpret future events of interpersonal conflict or interclass conflict. Yeah, exactly. I want to adjudicate when i see people in conflict i want to know who's right who's wrong who do i hate who do i love who's putting on those clown shoes and who's based exactly and when i look at the history of class struggle you look at the history of all hitherto existing society <laughs> yeah when i look at the history of all hitherto existing society i just see the bosses like i they have the power in that situation. So, well, not the power. I don't want to say that because the workers do have a lot of power as well, but especially when they're united. Exactly. But yeah, it's interesting in your kind of thing that, oh, the workers are so dramatic. It's interesting how that term can be used kind of dismissively like, oh, you're being dramatic. So therefore, you're wrong. Right. I mean, and we're two guys standing up on a stage right now wearing one crying mask and one laughing mask. So you don't need to tell us that drama has a time and a place. We know. Yeah. You know, it's either a tragedy or a comedy. Right. And that's like a tragedy is a is a dramatic story that ends in a sad scene, whereas a comedy ends in a happy scene. Like that's the definition i've heard before yeah like happy ending sad ending exactly but they're both dramas absolutely the dramatic arts yeah the narrative this, spice of life they're both showcasing human conflict for the consumption and enjoyment of an audience 
like you in front of us. You're all out there. You want drama. You want conflict. You're like, when is this crying guy and this laughing guy going to start fighting? Start fighting and <laughs> arguing. It out. Is this some sort of love triangle with a third mask I'm not yet aware of that's got a different expression? Well, all this and more will be revealed in time. Yeah, speaking of conflict, enjoyment, audiences, welcome to the Seriously Wrong Podcast. This is a show that we do as much as we can. And thank you so much for tuning in this week. Maybe we should, as they say, get on with the show, get the show rolling, close the curtains and then reopen them on another scene. Yeah, when all the people quickly will change the set behind us and like you close and you're like, oh, wow, it's we'll a get whole on new facial there. expression masks. <laughs> yeah, we've invented 10 new facial expression masks for different expressions. That... We are revolutionizing the theater this week, folks. So yeah, stay tuned for all that in the movie that the cameramen and the audience are filming. Uh, and if you're in the audience, just please sit back, relax. Welcome to the show. And before we continue, just a special thanks to everyone who has bought metaphorical tickets to the show by subscribing to us on Patreon. It's how we are able to continue doing the show, uh, do the editing and writing and research that we do. So an extra special thanks to the people on Patreon. And if you're not already giving, hey, why not consider it? It really helps. Yeah. Yada, yada. Absolutely. And scene. I am wrong. You are wrong. We are wrong. I am wrong. He is wrong. Today's episode of Seriously Wrong is brought to you by Online Drama. Online Drama is so inspiring. When you're participating in Online Drama, you're not just helping a group of attention economy small business people grow their clout and wealth by pandering to the lowest common denominator human instincts. You're changing the world. As Chairman Mao said, revolution is not a dinner party. We're not going to change things just by being nice to everyone all the time. So log into that social media account, find someone who's wrong, and start some shit. When you start shit online, shit starts in the world. The engine of history roars to life. Online drama is all about polarizing personality conflicts over status, which recruit other people into the process. And this is the beautiful thing. You're dividing people into sides, and you're having some of the most interesting conversations possible. Who said what about who, when? When did this happen? What did they really mean? Was this in good faith or bad faith? This is the type of conversation that's just so interesting that everyone loves it. You can bring this up with your friends and family. You hear about what so-and-so said? Oh, then they said this? I hate them. It's an amazing way to interact with the world. Negative emotions spur people to change. So when you make someone rage quit, they're going to be thinking about that for days, weeks. They're going to be pondering. You're going to move people to your side. You're going to create a team, a big team, by defining who's in and who's out. And then with a bit of luck and a bit of gumption, your team can win and beat the other team online. Substantive political discussions about meaningful things that we can actually affect in the world no way. That boring crap is going to turn people off. It's best to focus on the smallest, most inconsequential things possible and blow them completely out of proportion in a personal sort of Manichean struggle between great epic sides, good and evil, clashing. 
And the best part of all is this isn't just a spectacle. It's a place where you can open your wallet. These hardworking dramatists, they're putting in the hours, they're putting in the work, and they deserve to be highly rewarded for it as entertainers and as thought leaders, frankly. It's a traumatizing job, but someone's got to do it. And so for all these reasons and more, Online Drama is a sponsor of today's episode of Seriously Wrong. So go out there, find something small, blow it up, polarize it, recruit other people into it, and ideally find someone to give money to. Online Drama, proud sponsor of this week's episode of Seriously Wrong. Welcome to Bloodsport Live Streamer Radio Theater. Uh, and so first, welcome back to the stream, Pan Leftion. I know last time we had uh, went off the rails a bit, went sideways. Squinch, was a bit of drama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a blow up. That. But uh, I have faith that we can come back together. We can talk like adults on this issue. We can get to the bottom of this debate we have, whether or not drama is a good thing. Obviously, I hate drama. I think drama is just the worst. Yeah, I think hopefully we can have an adult conversation. I don't know. Um, you know, I love drama. So if it goes off the rails, perfect. I think it's actually better. In what way is that actually better? Well, I'm just establishing our previous Right, I'm just curious. Point. Okay, you want to jump right in. I wasn't well, quite ready to jump right in. We could, I thought we were going to do a bit more. Okay, no, that's fine. I'm, I'm you know, I, I don't tolerate bullshit terribly well, and I'm just a little bit curious in what way. Oh, it's bullshit. No, no, I just mean this in general. This is just like last time. You're already turning it into a carbon copy. I'm oh, sorry, are you going to answer my question or not? Yes, I will answer your question. Because it seems like clearly. you're trying to avoid answering. No, 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 please. You're just talking over me. Let me answer the goddamn question. It's a conversation. It goes back and forth, but go on. Yeah, a conversation. That's when you don't talk over the well, other you're person. you're talking right now, are you not? Just go back and listen. What's the timestamp right now? I'm writing this down. You were talking over me. It's called cooperative overlapping. It's just a regular social phenomenon. Just but go on. Sorry, what was the question? I already for Oh, what's good about drama? Yeah. Right. Right. Nothing. This is the bread and but butter. Go on. You always complain I don't give you space to speak. I'm giving you tons of space to speak. You're not answering my question. What's going on here? The good thing about drama is that we all learn together. Like we By see that our you in? are in the wrong, and so then people learn to not be like you anymore. And that's kind of like the beauty of social. Well, I mean, your chat is a whole nother thing. If <laughs> you want to talk about your chat and Do the they things your chat says, yeah, they deserve and, a democratic voice in society, like everyone. So well, sure, everyone I'm not sure deserves why you'd say no democratic one voice. People. But I mean, it would be nice if you banned all the harassers and Nazis from your chat. Yeah, if anyone has any issues with harassers or Nazis, send me a DM. I'm always happy to look into it. And well, I, you, know, you don't need to slander me with this made up stuff. But go on. I think you're starting to almost answer my question. Uh, I already answered your question. I gave like three answers already. We learned things together. Uh, learned it's things fun. Drama is right. fun for everyone. It's, fun, it's like, okay. like watching a good movie or, you know, I love it. I love arguing. I've always loved arguing. It's like a sport for me and I'm really good at it. I think it's beautiful. I think it's like a painting on a wall. So can we establish, though, that just because something's fun, that doesn't make it good? Like there could be fun things that are wrong, like to just use the most extreme example possible. What if someone found it fun to completely murder and rape 10,000 people and they're a pedophile? Just because it would be fun for them. So you're it? calling me a pedophile who rapes 10,000 people? That's not, what you're comparing me to right now? I mean, some people like this are incredibly bad faith. They come in here. They project all I'm these not things. i about they, you. You just said it about me. You can check the no, tape. No, I use I'm it. Check the tape. I was using down. it. Please write it down and share it far and wide because it I shows will. the depths of my ability to think abstractly using the most extreme and grotesque examples possible, which is a sign of intellectual strength. 
So please spread that as far as and wide as possible. It makes you look like a clown. It makes me look base. To answer your question, yes, something being fun doesn't necessarily make it good, but something having good effects on the world where we all learn these lessons together by turning someone into kind of the main character of the day, gets a morality tale. We have this big discussion about ideas wrapped around personality because it's a bit of the fun part, but you mix it all together. The ideas are still there and we all learn together. But no, you don't want that. You don't want to learn together. You want to impose your will on everyone and just have everyone march in lockstep with you, never have any conflict, never have any drama. You're not even addressing my argument. This is just like when you pause my video and then you were speaking over me and you were criticizing me, but I was just about to talk exactly what you were criticizing me for. So you're sending your hate trolls after me, your whole campaign. Oh, on- now we're getting into hate campaigns and hate trolls. I'm First not hate of all, campaigning. I checked the timestamps on that and you didn't answer my question. Even the part I was talking over you well, on. Play the whole thing on your stream. And I, I the did fall. already. You just haven't watched the VOD. Check my VOD. It's a, just an 11 hour VOD yesterday. You I could find the part I watched where... the entire 11 hour VOD. I was no, hate watching you your 11 hour VOD. You did I had not the whole context. Yes, I did. And you leaked those DMs. And that's the other thing. You mischaracterized the DMs in public on your Discord server and people right. were spreading those screenshots That was just with around. my community. So I, I, had to, to... I had to clear the record and right. I mean, well, if you want to talk about to screenshots we yeah, could talk be about screenshots you don't need to leave chat. private correspondence we could talk about the screenshots of your private correspondence with fleet florp that was leaked some of that is him fake. and what you said about me to them some of that is fake the people are making fake screenshots for a laugh for some of it but yeah some of it was me I wasn't intending for them to get out since it is out I'm not going to take back that is my honest position Can we talk about why you keep sending your followers after me to harass me on Twitter? You're a prominent public intellectual. We frequently spat on these sort of things. In no means do I endorse harassment. Look, in your chat there, right there, that person said that I deserve everything that's happening to me. What are you going to do about that person? Well... Feel free, yeah. Send send a DM. Send a send. No, this email. is me sending the DM live. I'm telling you that chatter. I'm right? a, I just scroll I'm back to write this down it. on my hands. If I'm going to tie a string to my fucking finger for you, why don't you get your people to deal with it? I mean, there's ten thousand people watching. There's ten thousand people donating to both of us right now. Yeah, ten thousand people one of listening them, to you lie about what's in our DMs so that I have to leak. I them, haven't even talked about to. in this entire. No, you conver- talked about them on Discord. Sorry, but yeah, but in this con- we're talking about this conversation. Yeah, and this and conversation, this conversation is about your did, Discord. In this conversation. I haven't talked about your DMs once. I came here to talk about your Discord behavior and what you said. I thought we were here to debate drama, whether or not drama is a good thing. Yeah. So, but you're saying that you had a double. Your Discord, no, your Discord behavior. You were impugning me for my position on drama. Oh, so we were having a. So you're saying that's not connected at all. You weren't talking about my position on drama when you said that. Right. But you're saying that you came here because you wanted to call me out and send your hate brigades after me when you actually. No, I'm saying I came here in good faith because you told me that we were going to have a real conversation about the issues. (laughs) Good faith. And I thought we were actually going to iron this out for once, but no. I came here ready to not do what I wanted, not have drama, but you're forcing us to have drama and I'm loving it. This is my favorite thing. Sorry, everyone, I had to uh, hang up on him there. That just got out of control. He just can't be controlled. Came on the stream under a false pretense. I don't appreciate people who lie publicly so openly and brazenly. And I'm not going to associate myself with that. And honestly, he's absolute piece of bottom of the worm barrel kind of piece of crap asshole, like just useless. Now, don't go harass him. But if you were to be harassed, it would be justified and, and honestly hilarious knowing how he reacts. But um, I don't endorse that kind of stuff. It's 
we're we're about ideas here, and he is about personalities. Uh, he is about the sort of brinkmanship of personalities, and he resorts to stoop to low, low lows. It's like the lowest lows. He just stoops. He can't stop stooping. The stooping from this guy is unbelievable. How much he stoops and how low and low he stoops. Okay, now time for dono notes. You are perfectly right. What is the deal with this guy's lying? Someone should harass him in Minecraft. Well, that's... <laughs> uh, yeah, in Minecraft, definitely. You should, you should harass that piece of shit. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Bloodsport Livestreamer Radio Theater. So I don't like super keep up with online drama. I sort of try not to, but inevitably I do to a certain degree. But I've had this recurring experience of, you know, I go on Twitter or other social media, usually Twitter, and I see tons of people all talking shit about the same person at once. And sometimes I know who the person is and sometimes I don't. But like there's a sort of unified collection of messages about this person pointing in a similar direction. And then I'm sort of like, in this position of I'm trying to reconstruct from context who this person is, what did they do, why are people saying this, is it valid or not, all that sort of stuff. So I'm, I'm caught up in this like dramatic commentary cycle. If this is drama about streamers too, like to get the full context, there might be like six hours of stuff at minimum you need to watch and probably closer to 15 if you want the whole story. The real context. Yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, you see that clip and they're saying something horrible. You're like, well, that looks horrible. I guess they're a bad person. And then someone else is like, well, no, you need to understand what they said before and after and what they said three weeks later and that they apologized later. And you're like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, okay, all right. Uh, maybe you're right. I don't know about this. You seem like you've put a lot more time into understanding it than me. And I've had this experience of reconstructing the drama backwards multiple times. And I've also had this experience that it's made me sort of like stop and question what I was doing, which is I reconstructed all this context. I came to sort of a position based on what I could figure out adjudicating this drama, whether or not it was valid or whether it was exaggerated and so on. And then I'm mentioning it to someone in real life, someone that I actually know that I have a real relationship with that we have like rapport. I'm mentioning something I read online where someone I don't know said something to someone else I don't know, and then a bunch of other people I don't know had opinions on it, and then I adjudicated it, and then I passed it on to someone I do know. And that overall experience, recognizing that I was doing this, is part of the reason I was like really trying to like keep my head out of the drama sphere, because I was like... In theory, there's stuff I'd rather be doing, but in practice, it's so juicy. Right. I'll admit, I love it. Come out of the closet as a <laughs> drama consumer. I've seen a lot of context, a lot of 15 hours of context for various <laughs> arguments and debates. Like when grandma's watching Days of Her Life. Yeah, it's like, please don't interrupt me. I'm watching my stories. Like... <laughs> There's a new debate up. Someone reviewed someone else's video, and I heard there's an explosive moment 95 minutes in. So, but I want to make sure I have the context. <laughs> I want to build up to it. You know, you don't just fast forward to the action scene at the end of the movie. You want the whole thing. And I mean, I have mixed feelings about how much I enjoy it. Like sometimes I'm just like, well, it's just like watching a movie, really. I mean, sure, these are real people and their like pain is more real than an actor on a screen being in pain. But, you know, like most movies and TV shows, there's probably a lot of pain and suffering that goes into making those too. And yeah, I don't know, I guess I just find it interesting how we've created this reality show 
this interactive participatory reality show that you can step into if you want to be a streamer or YouTuber or whatever and like try to toss some shots at your favorite character and see if they pick up your video and you can go debate them and then maybe you get a little following and you can start participating in this group public interaction like these ongoing conflicts that people have that I think are mostly genuine but like you can't ignore the monetary incentives and benefits that are leading people to lean into these kind of things because I think like a lot of people who get sucked into that drama stuff it's because they notice that those videos do the best so like even if you don't intentionally from that point on try to create drama I feel like there has to be something where like if things are like escalating and like getting like part of you is like oh this is going to be big numbers especially if I like toss out another insult and like Come help fiercely. escalate this some more uh, like and i don't think that like is like a conscious thought process but i feel like the way we're motivated that's gonna adjust the emotional calculus you have as to how and when you do that because i can't imagine this many people would be having this many arguments in public if so many of them weren't dependent on it for money yeah, the monetization element is really interesting of like the streamer sphere and the way that conflict generates attention is something I think everyone it's easy to note. Like we've even joked in, in private, like we, we sort of don't really know how to promote our podcast. So we've always been like, we'll just try to make more good podcasts. Right, and, right. But then anytime promotion comes up, we, the joke always comes up like, OK, who are we going to shit on in public to really get some attention? Uh <laughs> There's a few things that come to mind related to the streamer sphere and the online drama sphere and the so-called drama community or commentary community. Is that what they're? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. When I say I'm into online drama, I'm into like the political subgroup the of the online drama. It's like <laughs> substantive. There's a little veneer of it over like you know, we're all learning things together. We're turning these conflicts into lessons where people can at the same time as they're arguing for their favorite streamer, argue for some philosophical point about a bigger picture thing that proves the other person is wrong as well. So you get it all mixed together in this <laughs> soup of motivations of like parasocial defense, but also these actions are wrong for these reasons, these political reasons. Like it makes it more interesting to me, but there is just like, yeah, the, the commentary community on YouTube and Twitch which does the same thing, but with streamers who aren't explicitly political in nature, just like, I guess they play video games most of the time, streamers. Yeah, you you mentioned reality TV, and that's one of the reference points for me of like a continuity between different types of media. And like reality TV is something that everyone, most of the time people like sort of talk about reality TV in a way like they're looking down on it, like it's base. Uh, and part of it too is like reality TV pushed out a lot of writers from television when they realized they could make much cheaper shows by having people humiliate themselves in competitions for money. Right. Um, so that, I mean, and that's one element there. Another element is gossip magazines and like, yeah. you oh, know, yeah, yeah. uh, JLo and Ben Affleck drama <laughs> on the stands and like, and the reason that's low down and dirty is because apart from being celebrities, most of the time, these people don't consent to have their live scrutinized and talked about in this degree and there's like really prominent times where people have like mental breakdowns as a result of being like harassed by paparazzi and scrutinized in every element of their life 
So again, that's sort of similar, another reference point in this field, but has elements to it that I think are worse than there's, there's something creepy about that celebrity drama magazine stuff that isn't necessarily part of the streaming community, but also can be there. And then finally, the third reference point that came to mind is uh, professional wrestling and like these exaggerated conflicts that it's ostensibly real, but people know that it's not real. But then actually, I mean, when it comes to streaming, I think it is real a lot more than professional wrestling, but there still is this sort of like souped up arguing for money kind of thing going on in the streamer community that like because it's monetized and there's so much benefit to having that conflict like being a streamer who's like always friendly with everyone and always trying to like find like middle grounds and like not create any sort of tension and stuff is at just a financial and attention-based disadvantage so there's kind of a there's a wwf element there's a celebrity gossip rag element and there's a reality tv element but it also sort of transcends all of those mediums and being its own thing yeah when you mentioned gossip magazines, I feel like a big difference between those things is this is slightly more democratic in a way, or maybe that's the wrong way to put it, because you have people with wildly different view counts and audience bases that can affect how much hurt is caused. But like in the gossip magazine thing, there's reporters who are usually basically anonymous, like you don't know any gossip reporters by name unless you are like really into that kind of stuff for the most part you don't know who the reporters are but in the drama streaming world like it all gets mixed together and like people who are talking about each other's drama as commentators also end up in drama with people because of what they said on the stream about the drama like it's you can be a celebrity gossip magazine person and basically live a normal life where you aren't targeted with this kind of thing in the same way that the celebrities are yeah and they're the ones getting paid in that context so the people who are being scrutinized they're being paid for their acting work or their music or whatever but they're not getting paid to like be on the cover of the magazine about how they're having a divorce right no yeah just the reporter gets paid for that but yeah in the drama communities it usually ends up benefiting everyone who's involved in a conflict unless they're like so mentally damaged by it that they like that it outweighs because i feel like if everyone who gets involved in these conflicts talks about the damage that it's causing their mental health like i just it's not a healthy thing to have public conflicts with people for money at all i don't think like for the people participating in it uh so in that sense it's a net negative for everyone but in terms of view counts and money and that like it basically will benefit everyone because people will pick either side and you'll both gain audience just from the visibility of it all. Yeah. And if you're a pro wrestler and someone hates you, you know that they're hating a character. But if you're a streamer and thousands of strangers just hate you for what you think and say, you know, they're actually talking about you. Yeah. And like pro wrestlers now probably have like Twitter accounts, but they probably don't use them that much or whatever. But like, I think there's also a difference when these like groups of people who hate you can flood your inbox with death threats and doxes and whatever other horrible things you can imagine. Yeah. And we often go to death threats and I'm not saying that death threats aren't a problem. You know, I've received death threats from my online arguments over my life as well. And it is it fucks with you and having it like anonymous death threats from a bunch of strangers. I can imagine that fucking with you, but also we use death threats as this extreme example of trashing online. And I think sometimes as a result, we don't talk about the detailed different types of trashing, which is very personal comments from a variety of sources, anonymous sources, often unfairly being like framed in confrontational ways and stuff. And like, 
people will always go to like, oh, I received death threats, so I'm closing my account or whatever, because everyone can agree death threats are wrong. Yeah, but yeah, a yeah. lot of people say that the other stuff is okay, but I'm just going to plant a flag. I actually think a lot of this internet trashing stuff is closer to death threats than commentary. Yeah, it gets really hard to like pull apart, but I feel like explicitly talking about someone like... I don't know. There's weird ways you can go personal talking about people's family, like saying, like speculating on like the, how good of a parent they are or like, like there, there's a lot of weird things people do that like just feels like it's crossing a line and goes over the, I think in general, you're saying getting personal, it's good to avoid talking about the person and just talk about what they said or the ideas they said. But I've also noticed that people in those situations when they're getting trashed don't tend to make a distinction between those things. Like they'll show examples of someone talking about the idea in a kind of snarky way and interpret it as a statement about their person because it like when you're getting dogpiled it all feels horrible like that no and that's challenging too the way these things can blur back and forth because we could say in theory we should be able to criticize each other's ideas as honestly and forthrightly and completely as possible without resorting to trashing the person and saying you know there's something wrong with them or whatever you know in any variety of ways of trashing the individual attacking the arguments instead of the person Everyone would agree abstractly that's probably better. But the way those things blur together and how they're interpreted by people in both directions. Yeah, it's like, I think this statue of Columbus should stay up. Response, that's a racist thing to say. Now, is that a, a personal statement about the person? It really depends on how you interpret that. You could just be saying like, hey, we all have some racism. And like, I think you're kind of upholding racism by saying we should keep the statue up. Uh, like, you should just, just look more into the history. And like, I think you'd agree and come to the conclusion because you're a reasonable person. Maybe that's what they're saying by saying that's a racist thing to say. Or maybe they're saying, you know, I think you're ontologically evil and no act against you is wrong. Yeah, you can imagine too, someone, the the streamer posts the screenshot look someone calling me racist this isn't fair and then someone says uh actually they were calling your act racist and then the original commenter comments no no i think they're ontologically <laughs> evil and a racist that's what i was trying to say <laughs> yeah i just accidentally phrased it as being about their act yeah i, I didn't talking. mean to criticize their actions alone i think their actions are reflective of their inherent unchangeable character and i think they should be hounded <laughs> off the internet <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, yeah, it gets hard to pull those things apart, but I do think it's still worth not consciously not because if you do say you are a racist, like that, there's no ambiguity there about you're talking about the person, I feel like, and everyone will take that as a personal statement about them. But at the same time, some people are pretty fucking racist and <laughs> it, uh, I don't know if it's always bad to say that to them. This is a very complex but you do a lot of racist things would probably still be better in most cases. And it depends. Like, yeah, do you want to convince them to get rid of and push out the parts of their ideology that you think are upholding racist ideas unintentionally? Or do you want to stigmatize association with them? We now go to a debate streamer talking to their therapist. 
And so, I, I mean, it used to be about the ideas, but now I keep on thinking about there's all these weird incentives and I want pe more people to pay attention to me. So I have to pick these fights and like people will just dogpile and say the most horrible things about me, but then it's actually good for my subscription numbers in the end. And they just say so much wild stuff about me. It's just cruel. It's personal. They'll tag me. They'll act like I'm not even in the room. This is not good for me. They think they can just say whatever they want to me. I'm not even a person. It sounds like you're overwhelmed. I keep on picking more fights with other big streamers, trying to get as much attention as possible at all costs. I never admit I'm wrong and just, you know, do the things that grow the channel and put my mental health second, ultimately, because I have to. Now, Squinch, you've been my patient for quite a while. We have a trusting therapist-patient relationship. I think right now I'm going to do something in therapy that we call confronting, and I'm just gonna tell you my thoughts and give you some of my advice. I think the only way you are going to get out of this rut you find yourself in is to find a way to quit streaming. And I know you get a lot out of streaming that you really like, but the problems that you're describing are so big and so new and so intense that I don't think most people could handle them. And I think you're handling them as well as you can, as admirably as you can, but I don't think that this is good for you. What, what do you think about that? I... I can't. It's, it's, it's who I am. It's what I've been becoming. Maybe I can just step out of that drama, that drama mindset, picking fights and stuff, and just... No, but if I'm like fighting is bad, then people are going to be like, oh, you're taking a side with the people that you should be fighting with by not fighting with. <laughs> and I've said stuff too on the stream. Like I said, anyone who quits streaming is a loser. And fuck, because there was this guy I hated and he quit streaming. And it was like, right. I felt like I defeated him. I Even when you've tried to knock off the drama in the past, it hasn't always worked for you. So that's why I was going with the possibly quit. Right. Yeah, maybe video essays or something. Yeah, see, there's always other options. So in preparation for this episode, I wanted to try to figure out what drama in the colloquial sense means. Uh, it's a very commonsensical term. You hear people talk about, oh, I want to avoid drama or whatever, or like, I won't get involved with that. It's too dramatic, that sort of stuff. This person's always causing drama. Stay out of that orbit. Yeah, and it's kind of like pornography. It's hard to define, but you know it when you see it. But I was like, I want to figure out what the <laughs> definition is. Right. And so I downloaded a ton of books uh, about like avoiding drama in the workplace and like how to live a drama free life. And these are like self-help books and stuff. And they were all so useless in defining drama. I was actually, it was staggering that none of them saw fit to define drama. I feel like if you want to avoid drama, the first thing you have to do is distinguish drama from conflict because you know people who exist are going to have some amount of conflict. Like even if it's very positive, easily resolved conflict, like you're going to have disagreements with one another and you have to resolve those. And what makes something drama, because there's, there's a negative connotation to this person is causing drama or I want to stay away from drama or like there's too much drama at that workplace or like any of these things are not, there's healthy conflict there and we resolve issues together. It's like, it's bad. Yeah, and in these contexts, it's always associated strongly with like over-the-top negativity of some kind. Yeah, overreactions. 
it's never in these books. They didn't define drama, but then I was able to find, I was very, very happy to find that there was a 2020 study that was done through focus groups with college students called Drama in Interpersonal Conflict and Interactions Among Emerging Adults, a qualitative focus group study. Basically, they just asked people what they thought of drama, and then they made notes of how much everything was said, and then they used some sort of um, deliberative mechanism to distill definitions from it. Right. But it was actually so good at defining drama. And like, this is the kind of thing, it's a very common sense ideological kind of thing that people don't usually see fit to define. It's kind of like woven into the ideology of our society in such a way that it's just people use it without defining it. So they noted that drama overall is poorly defined and is fluctuates a lot and has these different features that are not always necessary uh, to define drama. Mm -hmm. But one of the definitions they gave is that drama is a performative social conflict which takes place for an audience, sometimes in real life and sometimes for social media. Drama is usually coded as negative associated with problems, fights, and confrontation, usually conflicts emerging around romantic relationships, competition, or status. Participants felt that people who try to seek drama were insecure or looking for attention. Drama was considered to be a non-mature way of interacting by people in the groups, creating consequences of discomfort, awkwardness, trauma, fear of being judged, friend groups splitting over sides. Focus groups also really tended to emphasize that drama was unnecessary, juvenile, immature, and so on. They use the term overreacting, blowing things out of proportion. And drama was also something that tended to be gendered uh, with both women and men in the focus group saying that women were more prone to drama than men and the male focus groups more often saying that they found drama to be quote unquote entertaining guilty <laughs> <laughs> also focus group participants said that drama can be a learning experience to get to know who their real friends are who is quote unquote dramatic and therefore untrustworthy and that it was a means for people to learn that, for example, not all rumors are true and you need to investigate yourself. They concluded a general description of drama that could be given based on the present study sample is a negative social action or series of events perceived as being unnecessary, inefficient, exaggerated in nature, and more often than not involving females. I like that definition, except for the more often than not involving females. I feel like that's I mean, obvious to say it's kind of misogynistic, but like... There's something to unpack there. I, I feel like a lot of drama between men is just seen differently. It's seen as like... I don't know. I've I had like a lot of male friend groups and there was definitely ongoing disputes. This person doesn't like this person for a while. They're not talking. He's not talking to him. I've had dramatic conflicts in my life over status and friend groups where people split up and it was all men involved. Part of it is, I mean, this is this is taking making a qualitative reflection of what these focus groups said. Yeah, and yeah it's yeah, reflecting sure. the biases of society. It's not they're not accurately defining drama as some objective thing that has been accurately brought out necessarily. Um, and yeah, like the idea that men don't participate in drama is self-evidently ridiculous. But you can also imagine what reasons why with college students from their high school experiences would code drama as a girl's thing because I think women are probably more likely to try to work through their conflicts in the verbal realm. Yeah, like express um, their discomfort or anger or sadness or what it like. Hey, this is a problem. You 
let's talk it through. It's like, why are you being so dramatic? Can we just either ignore it or never talk to each other again? Yeah. And also like one of the things that sort of makes up drama and this view of drama is gossip or talking about people behind their backs. But again, that's something that's interpreted differently between genders. Like if a man is talking shit about another guy, it's usually not called gossip for whatever societal reason, you know, like it could be shit talking them, it could be roasting them, whatever. Just joking around, buddy. We're just, we're always joking. None of this is real. But I, I think a lot of this definition is helpful for understanding how people think about drama in general, at least. Yeah. The thing that I take from this that feels the most true to me, I just see a lot of words popping out like unnecessary, juvenile, immature, fights, relational aggression, backstabbing, talking behind people's back, rumors. Like these are all a conflict that's irrelevant and trivial, overreacting, blowing things out of proportion. What I take out of this that matches with my internal sense of drama is that it's just this conflict that isn't being handled well or maturely. It's escalating behaviors, like participating in escalation rather than de-escalation. There's a lot of subjectivity to it because people can perceive different things at like that's an overreaction but that isn't because obviously like you know they said that people have all these different lines as to what is an overreaction to what what's a juvenile response to what blah 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 blah. but like in general when i want to get to things that aren't as subjective i would go to escalating versus de-escalating And like the thing about it being in front of an audience, I think is often true, but not always true in terms of how I've heard people talk about it. Like I've heard people talk about just conflicts that they have at their house with their partner as like constant drama. It's constant drama with this person and not, and a part of that, not necessarily being that like, oh, they're talking to other people about me and like spreading rumors and stuff. Like it could just be drama that they're like causing conflict a lot. People who did the study said basically like, these are all things that are associated with it, but it's a very conflicted and self-contradictory kind of mess of things. I remember them, I think, using the term that drama recruits others into it. It's like one of the features of drama or like one of often the features, sort of like audience thing of like, it's often not just a conflict between two people, but it's also seeking to bring other people into it to take sides. Turn the whole friend group against you. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I want to say another thing also about the misogynistic interpretations of drama thing that uh, just bang the drum of patriarchy being real and important to like criticize and scrutinize. It's so you could legitimately have dramatic interactions where something is being blown up out of proportion, where there's overreactions and stuff. But also, these are things that being dramatic, overreacting, blowing things out of proportion are also things that are often directed at women in instances where it's not actually true, where they're making a very proportionate statement. Oh yeah, for sure. But like two guys get in a bar fight with each other because they've been like kind of arguing for the past week. They see each other at the bar. They're both drunk, get in a fight. That's not drama. That's just working it out. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's it's the opposite of drama. Drama's weak and feminine. This is strong and good. You say that to him, you're going to get your ass kicked. That's pretty dramatic. Wow. (laughs) He's a drama queen. Jeez. Beating people up. (laughs) Uh, An interesting thing, actually, by the way, drama queen, I looked up where that term comes from because a lot of these self-help books use drama queen as this 
just like this thing that exists. Yeah, the, yeah. Like, be careful of drama queens. They're toxic. Drama queens will always say they hate drama, but they actually love drama. Uh, that's like one of the features of drama queens that like all these books set. Like if someone says they hate drama, you know you're dealing with a drama queen. <laughs> be careful. But apparently that term drama queen originally referred to leading actresses in dramas. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So like a popular female actress is a drama queen. She's in she's in Oscar winning movies or whatever. But then that term was reappropriated and turned in the late 80s and 90s to refer to someone who just loves gossip. Right. I feel like, yeah, the misogyny of it, it, it's able to live within the subjectivity of the judgments about what is an overreaction, what's a reasonable conflict, like the, all those kinds of things. Like, I feel like when I see drama online, which is where I've seen the most of it and where I can like get the best sense of like kind of watching it progress, like I've seen a lot of conversations escalate online. A very common feature I've noticed between that, both in streamers or in text debates on Twitter, Facebook, like anywhere, is that people believe that they're responding in kind to what the other person did. And by responding in kind, the other person sees that as an escalation, and they respond in kind to the new escalated thing from the other side. And I feel like most of the time when people are... I shouldn't say most of the time, because I don't know if it's most of the time, but a lot of the time it's because there's this mutual perception of like, oh, you went there? Well, I'm going tit for tat. I'll go there too. And then it builds. One person could make a passing comment about someone else's family in a jokey way, like they don't actually know anything about that person's family, but maybe it strikes an nerve. Maybe it doesn't strike a nerve, but then the other person actually knows something about the other person's family. And, and you makes brought up shitty... families first. And exactly. Yeah. You so brought I'm up families talk about first. your kid with addiction issues. <laughs> exactly. So like you toss that out there. Well, you're the one who brought families into it. You and crossed so that... the threshold. We were just talking about ideas, man. And then you you pushed it too far. And know what? The gloves are off. And like I see th things like that happen so much. Turnabout is fair play, but people don't really know how to do turnabout in practice. Yeah, I basically think that if you're not de-escalating, you're probably escalating. It's a weird calculation to try and keep things at a perfect boil and get like the same level. Because like you always want to one up the other person. Like you can't turnabout is fair play, but then you're gonna say something like that doesn't bother them any more than what they said to you. Like you're gonna try and calculate that i just feel like that's not how people work yeah people, like your your example of the family thing people define a threshold and then say okay we're both within this threshold category um but like i have this extra ammo or maybe i'm better at making jokes they're better at like pulling information but like people have these different strengths and they're like wielding them against one another I don't know if there's a really a middle ground between escalation and de-escalation if you're in a situation that is escalating. I think you either have to start actively trying to pull it back or you're feeding into it or you can like drop out and not participate. Yeah, Gandhi said, you know, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. And the right. part of the reason why it makes the whole world blind is because uh, it's hard to just get one eye. Yeah, or it's like you do your eye and then I'll take your eye, but then you're their sister's mad that you took their eye to kill or take your other eye. People scooping eyes here and there. And it started with one eye. It got out of control. But yeah. the first guy should have been like, whoa, whoa, okay, you got my eye. Let's 
let's, let's wind this down. That's more than eyes than this argument warranted already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Who? I didn't realize we were going that hard. You know, let's take a step back. I understand you're mad. I Give me my eye back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, ideally you want to get there before eye poking where like, cause I feel like it's easier to back down from a veiled personal statement than an actual eye poking. And then you add the for profit mechanism and a whole audience of people ready to poke eyes as soon as the eyes start going. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, like you deescalate and you have like a thousand disappointed people immediately being like, what the hell are you just going to take that? Like this is the horrible thing. This is blood sports. I came here to watch my stories. Are you just saying that like, oh, the end of this soap opera is, and then they stopped fighting because they both realized it was a bad idea to fight in public. That's boring as fuck. <laughs> yeah, we're setting a bad example. So yeah, it's just like at the end of Young and the Restless, instead of the drama escalating any further, they're like, no, what? Let's work this out off camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just have everyone show up and be happy. And we'll see you again. Like next, we're going to keep doing this every week, uh, I guess every day with the soap opera. And they'll just be happy from now on. I can see that happening in a world with streamers where it's not a money thing. Because why not? I mean, I'm sure there would still be drama, but I think there'd be less. There's but... still the numbers thing too. Like even without money, it's like yeah, I want yeah, more yeah. numbers. Yeah, that's true. I actually kind of feel that in general, watching numbers go up is bad for everyone. Oh yeah, definitely. Whether yeah, it's money about that quantifying, like yeah. yeah, it's just or comparing numbers with your neighbor and stuff. Oh, it's just bad news. Bad bad news. A happy person has like 50 Twitter followers, in my opinion. <laughs> That I feel like the numbers is a good motivator and it will cause an amount of drama, I'm sure. But like, I feel like the reason people power through that really horrible muck of like the first time you're getting put on blast and you get a thousand DMs of weird personal statements. I don't know if the numbers are worth it for that, I, but money, like I'm not going to have money anymore. I, yeah, I better keep mm -hmm. going. Yeah. My landlord's going to fucking take my eye out. Yeah. And I mean, it's because you metaphorically took their eye by not paying rent this month. <laughs> That's how they see it anyway. Yeah, uh, I turn about it's fair play. Uh, <laughs> we now go to the school counselor's office at Wrongtown High. Mr. T. Spiller's office, come on in. Uh, Hi, Mr. T. Spiller, it's me, Johnny, innocent youth of today. Do you mind if I sit down, sir? That's what I'm here for. I'll make us a bit of tea if you want. And we won't spill it, right? <laughs> That's really funny, sir. That's, so, it's like your name. Tell me, what brings you to the guidance counselor's office? I've been having a little bit of a hard time recently with my peers. Ooh, peer yeah. conflict. A little peer drama, a little conflict. That's normal. That's drama not... is exactly how I'd put it, sir. It's just been horrible. You tell Mr. T. Spiller all about it. We have all the time in the world, so... Don't leave out any of those juicy details. So Jeffrey and Monica have been on the verge of breaking up for like a little while. No way. Well, they've been fighting and a lot of people have been talking behind their back about it and just like it's kind of become a joke. Oh, I remember when they got together and I advised, but sorry, go on. So they're breaking up. Well, they're not breaking up yet, but everyone thinks that they are going to. And Ooh, oh yeah, that's tough. What are they going to do? Do they know? They don't know they know. So like, this is exactly what happened is like Jeffrey and Monica are in the cafeteria and then Jesse came up and they were like, they made a joke about them breaking up. It was about how there's so much tension. It was kind of like it hit too close to the bone, right? They just, they completely overreacted, sir. And they were just like, 
what? yelling in the cafeteria and Monica stuff. Monica. She was yelling. Yelling in the cafeteria. Yelling. Oh my, I wish I could have seen that. That's so out of character for her. She must have been really upset. So what happens next? Yeah, so they're yelling, and then Jesse, they're yelling back, and then it's this huge thing, and everyone's just, like, looking at them, and then Jeffrey says that Jesse dresses like shit. Shots fired. And then Monica says, they're like Mike Myers, Jesse used to be funny, but they're not funny anymore. (laughs) And yeah, everyone was like- That is low. Oh, you kids are too much sometimes. So why are you upset about this? Did you get involved at some point? Yeah, well, that's the thing, is that everyone's taking sides, and like, our whole friend circle's like getting super divided around this and they think it's just a joke and they overreacted but then there other people are saying that like jesse shouldn't have said that and like i don't even think it's that big of a conflict where i even want to necessarily pick a strong side on either issue of that it's hard to pick apart and make rules that are going to satisfy all ethical possibilities in this context like i'm not convinced philosophically that's necessary but let alone to divide the whole group and so I kind of said that, and then, like... Both sides came down on you? That's yeah, what I see happening at that point. Bill was saying that I have no... That I'm not strong. That I just that I just need to pick. But I just... It makes no sense. And, like... Oh, they're there. They're there. Bill is one to talk with all the things I've heard about Bill. <laughs> really? <laughs> what have you heard about Bill? Well, far be it from me to reveal anything that was said to me in confidence in a session like this, but let's just say that some of Bill's chemistry partners don't have always the nicest things to say about him. Janice? I've already said too much. Don't oh, ask Janice on. about this. I won't ask Janice as long well, as Well, if you, you do, me. just make sure you don't mention me. What, like, of I course. Didn't, I just really, I don't like, you know, I'm here. I'm a safe, trusted adult. I'm not voyeuristically enjoying this at all. That sounds juicy, sir. That well, sounds... I'll just say Bill said that the smell was coming from the chemistry experiment and that it wasn't <laughs> him. Bill has a little issue with that. <laughs> I mean, I've had him in the office before, and you know, I won't say either way, but I probably know what people are talking about. The other thing is, I think that Sammy and Trish are totally going to hook up. No way. Yeah, Sammy. Yeah, no. I got a vibe. I mean, not. I got good for Trish. I mean, Sammy's a real catch. (laughs) That's what I said. And after everything she's been through. Oh yeah. I mean, she's a real trooper. As far as guidance, you came to me for guidance, and the guidance counselor. If people are getting mad at you for not taking a side. I think it's pretty obvious what you should do. Pick a side and take one. Right. Right. And just to be clear, I'm not going to tell anybody that you cried in here today. That's just between us. Thank you, sir. That would make things worse right now, for sure. Oh, yeah. If Bill knew that, that would be bad for you. Well, thank you, Mr. T. Spiller. This has really helped lift my spirits a bit. That's That's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you kids. You know, I like to think of myself as King Solomon from the Bible. You you come to me with your conflicts, and I cut the baby in half. Thank you, sir. All right, bye now. Bye, your trusted adult. Bye. <sighs> I'll just take a moment for myself after that, to do, you know, lock the door and do a bit of self-care. You won't believe what I just heard from Johnny about Trish and Sammy. He was in here crying. Yep, too much of a wimp to take sides again. I think he's about to take on Bill, honestly, and I'm here for it. I'm here for that for him. Because honestly, Bill needs to be taken down a peg or two. 
And so little Johnny disingenuously took a side in order to navigate a hostile social environment where that kind of thing was a necessity, and Mr. T. Spiller won Teacher of the Year at Wrongtown High for the fifth year running. Because everyone loves Mr. T. Spiller. The end. Now I don't know how you do it, Mr. T. Spiller, but the kids love you. Keep up the great work. So yeah, there's a bunch of differences between high school interpersonal drama and online streamer drama. There's also some commonalities. I mean, one thing that, one good thing about drama that I want to mention in general is like drama is sometimes a word used for talking about conflicts and their resolution in general. Right. And conflicts are a necessary emergent property of human social relations. So I agree that we should try to resolve them in the best ways possible. And we could maybe use the word drama to refer to resolving them in less than perfect ways. There might be better words we can use too. So in some ways, some of the things that are associated with drama, like talking about people behind their back or criticizing or like the fracturing of groups where people have to take sides and stuff those feel to me like ultimately sort of inherent emergent properties of complex social relations that we can try to minimize the negative aspects of by being more descriptive about what those actually are than using broad terms like drama i feel like doesn't really work to get into all that nuance But also, like, if we want to move towards a more democratic, more participatory society, in some ways, we can anticipate more drama will come out of that in the interpersonal sense, in the high school sense, in people accusing each other of blowing things out of proportion when maybe... Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Or And there will be drama, too. If we want to move to a better society, like, dramatic changes in how society works are going to be necessary and there's going to need to be dramatic historical events that happen to like large scale interesting human conflict is as you're saying necessary i think not even just not like necessarily going to arise when you have humans interacting with one another and i feel like the problematic aspects of drama or the problematic types of drama like we kind of have to come at it from both sides and i think we should encourage people to de-escalate and give people de-escalation skills and model de-escalation and like productive conflicts and like having the most kinds of productive conflicts possible on one end i think is a way to minimize negative types of interpersonal drama but on the other end i think we also just need to like be a little bit more forgiving to people when they are and i guess that's also a type of de-escalation but like accept that there's gonna be some drama and we're gonna get a little dirty and like what but like it's okay like it can be okay if it's done in certain ways and if there's like a an ability to withstand conflict, to withstand people being angry at you, laughing at you, maybe even, I don't know if laughing at people is ever really useful, but like sometimes it happens. And if we can allow that to be a little bit, and it's just, you know, human skin a human, be a bit more forgiving from that stuff. I think that that's another way to help minimize some of the negative aspects of drama de-escalation is really key and and also just the tools to handle conflict in 
for lack of a better term, mature ways. Like one of the things that is brought up in the study we talked about is like non-mature ways of interacting on these things is one of the things that's being criticized. But also actually just to be contrary, like maybe there's things that are immature, like playfulness, like mirth, like not actually having to resolve and litigate every detail of a conflict, which could be useful as well. Sure. Usually we code immature as negative, but I think there's arguments for benefits of childlike interpretations of things sometimes. But actually, one of the big things that the focus group study points out, which I think is key to understanding both the high school drama, the interpersonal drama, and the realm of online drama and streamers, you know, people who are asking for money on their donation notes or whatever, status um, and conflicts around status are places where people really get their back up, where they put on their metaphorical antlers and they start jousting, you know, like how do we avoid these negative types of drama, these negative conflict prone sort of dramatic things that people don't like for good reason? I think it's evaluating how we think about status and trying to come to healthy ideas about what status really is. It's funny when I think of fights over status and jockeying for status, I see that as a primarily male pursuit. Like if you've ever read Robert Sapolsky, Trouble with Testosterone, he talks about how testosterone doesn't encourage aggressive behavior necessarily. It encourages status-seeking behavior. So if you're in a society where people get status for being really pro-social, testosterone increases pro-social behavior. Uh, But if you're in a society that gives status for aggression, then you get more aggressive behavior. I just an interesting thing, thinking again about the feminine coding of drama. When I think about jockeying for status, I, I often think of like males who believe in alpha pack shit, like trying to like dom each other to be the top of the little group or whatever, like that whole drama. Uh, yeah, and in the online out. streaming argument realm, it's... Yeah, mostly dudes, for sure. Yeah, And when I say mostly, I don't mean like 99%, I mean maybe 80 to 90%. Uh, <laughs> A lot of men engaged in online drama, for sure. Also, to pick up on Sapolsky's argument about testosterone, just to push against the potential of an essentialist interpretation, both men and women have testosterone. Everyone has some degree of testosterone in their body. It's an important part of the human function of everyone. Yeah, and testosterone increasing status-seeking behavior doesn't mean that everyone doesn't do it. And so, yeah, people can get confused percentages for 100 and zero all the time. And it's like, oh, that means only men are like this if you, but obviously not. Like all these differences between groups, like they tend to be very, very small with a lot of overlap. Right. So if we understand that women also have sort of status seeking behavior and that depending on what sort of things are rewarded in any given context, they're going to be motivated to follow that sort of status-seeking behavior, and that we live in a society that rewards men and women differently for different things, then the conclusion would be not that men's testosterone makes them aggressive because testosterone is inherently aggressive, and women don't have testosterone, so they don't do that. It's that there's cultural biases that are making men and women in general to seek out different types of status-seeking behavior for the same biological underpinning reasons. Oh yeah, one other example of drama that I wanted to bring up, just another way people talk about this, it struck me because I was just editing this episode, but in our recent Modibo Kodali interview, they're talking about this Fort Mose site and the Big drama, Modibo says, about the site. And there was like these rich people who owned the land and like they 
knew there was artifacts there, but the government didn't agree. So they dug them up and it ends up with like a whole bunch of artifacts being still in this rich person's family's vault because of all these conflicts between groups about this archaeological site. And just the way it gets talked about, it's like, it's a good story, right? Like that's what we're, we're talking about unreasonable people in conflict and it being a good story. Like that's what I think Modibo meant when he said there was big drama. Like, it's kind of like, this is is a good story. It's going to be interesting to listen to. Even in writing conflicts drive narrative, can't write a story without some sort of conflict. Yeah. Conflict is the engine of plot. You don't really have a plot without conflict. You just have people going about their day. Yeah. There's a reason stories are broken up into protagonists and antagonists. If there's no problems, then there's no story. And I think stories can be instructive and we can learn from viewing other people's dramas, whether fictionalized or real, and take lessons away from them, little morality plays. I don't know if doing that in this weird reality drama online sphere where people are motivated from i don't know if that's the best way to do it but i do think i've learned a lot from online dramas they've motivated me to research things so i could know which side i'm gonna take uh <laughs> inside my head on this drama uh so i th- i think the reason i bring this up i guess is because i think we want to cast the human desire to look and like voyeuristically take in these dramas as like this disgusting thing about ourselves that like it would be better if we didn't have but i don't think that's necessarily true or at least there's like major complications to that because consuming stories which need conflict to work is a big way about how we learn about the world and like try out scenarios in our heads, we can put ourselves in the position of this other person. Oh, if I acted like them, maybe this thing would happen to me that's similar to what is happening to them. So I'm probably not going to do that. We learn a lot about the world and about ourselves through stories, which need drama to function. So I think there's a lot of beauty in drama, especially fictionalized drama, because you're not actually hurting anybody. Uh, a lot of people get hurt on these online dramas or like high school dramas. Conflict is going to happen between people. It's a necessary part of resolving conflict and mutually coming to decisions together. So I think we need drama that we can pick apart collectively to help us make these distinctions and figure out how to live together. I don't think we're doing that in the best way right now, but I do think there's there's a real need for it, which is a big part of why it gets so many clicks and views and whatnot. Yeah, it's part of our social nature to not just want to read dry books, but to see disputes over these things brought to life through personalities that have a narrative between them over time of who likes who, who's allied and stuff like that. And actually, additionally, I would just drama at its best when we're dividing drama into these sort of subcategories and talking broadly about human narrative and conflict and the desire to look and to learn lessons through other people's conflict that we can apply to our own lives is also a necessary part of building a democratic and participatory society. It's a necessary part of building a society where people can freely associate with one another, where people can 
have a wider variety of richer relationships with one another, which we would seek to do in the great historical drama of restructuring society towards a commune of communes where people are paid according to needs and we're organized property through an enormous lending library and so on. And that's it means working out some of the details of what drama really means and what the detrimental aspects of it are and stuff, because that's part and parcel of the social trajectory towards a better world. But also, I'm recognizing the limit of being able to like build a comprehensive hot take, because also a lot of these things are directly used in inverted ways. Like I was trying to think through the difference between drama and bullying, and the study gave the example of some of the college students saying that the difference was bullying was a single directional thing, whereas drama is two people both participating in it. Right. But then that made me think, well, bullies want to make their bullying into drama. They want to be like, well, they bring it on themselves, and actually they did this. And even if they are the most aggressive capital B bully, that framework is going to work for bullies. And then in opposite, if we accept that there are people who are quote-unquote dramatic, who really want to have this drama, this narrative to their life to give it meaning, which seems like it must be true, that there's some people who are more prone to wanting to have meaning through interpersonal conflict and so on dramatists will also want to turn the dramatic scenarios into bullying where they're being bullied where they're being unfairly maligned so people are using the exact same language in inverted ways in these different contexts and the only way to figure it out is to actually look at the details and get as much information as you can to make those case-by-case adjudications as yeah people in society and a lot of those are going to depend on your values too like people make different adjudications because of how do you put on a scale how bad it is to, I don't want to give two examples because imply they're equal in some way. A comment about someone's mother versus uh, knocking someone's food off the counter. Yeah. What's justified? What isn't? It's a huge thing in the streaming world too, is that basically every drama is both sides accusing one another of maybe they use the word bullying i feel like harassment gets used a lot the mutually mutual accusations of harassment sometimes even the word abuse gets thrown out there like sicking your followers <clears throat> on each other and all that shit gets really really weird like trying to adjudicate who has the most power in this situation is it just by follower count is it by ferocity of your followers how much how many screenshots of shitty comments I can provide. And like, you know, a lot of drama is about adjudicating who is and who isn't the bully, at least in this online sphere. But I think, I think bullying and that kind of stuff, talking about trying to determine the directionality uh, is a big, big topic. We'll have to punt off for another time. Yeah. Just looking at our big wrong boys clock on the wall here. Yeah, we... Cartoonishly. <laughs> The big clock that's only here for this episode, for this moment. It says we're running out of time and there's so much more to say, but if you've got comments on this episode or ideas about it, find this episode on YouTube and leave it in the comment section there. We might integrate your arguments and thoughts into future discussions that continue these lines of thought. Additionally, as always, thank you so much for your time and attention today, spending this this time with us thinking through these ideas. And uh, we always value the feedback we get, uh, reviews, uh, wherever you review your podcasts. And those uh, sweet donations, you know, cash rules everything around me. It makes a dramatic difference in our lives. Every donation makes a dramatic difference. So if you want to make a dramatic difference in our lives, please head over on over to patreon.com slash seriously wrong. Thank you to everyone. It's been a dramatic week, dramatic episode, dramatic uh, couple years with the pandemic is a big dramatic shift for people. And so, no matter where you are in time, there's 
definitely some sort of parasocial drama going on you could tune into if you want maybe you already know about oh, maybe yeah. you're listening to this episode you're like this is so much like streamer bleep blorp and streamer flim flam who have been going at it in the hollow world for the last three thousand years i don't know where you're coming from <laughs> oh i love drama from the hollow world and to be honest, bleep bloop, like 100% team bleep bloop. Yeah, team bleep bloop for sure. Flea floor, get your shit together. That's problematic. Honestly, like, I can't believe what he said last time, but I will just leave that. Yeah, that's that's opening a can of worms. We don't have time for that kind of thing. Yeah, next thing you know, someone's clipping it and shipping it to bleep blorp, and then they're- Oh, uh, like, there are hate brigades on us. Yeah, ugh. Knowing Fleet Florp, they probably would send hate brigades. They don't even need to say it. Their, their audience knows. Sorry, just, Fleet Florp. I Fleet Florp, yeah. yeah. I think I said Bleep Florp by accident. You said Fleet Florp correctly every Florp. time. No, you were praising Bleep Florp. I can't remember the original. Yeah, I, I accidentally there was a said B Bleep sound Florp negatively a, yeah. once. Yeah. Anyway. Whoever, neither, I know that Bleep Florp's people will understand that's an honest misunderstanding because they're, they're right on the, the issues of the day. Exactly. And never harass anyone. Never would. They never even post something negative that's about the person instead of the ideas. No, and that's why they're on Team Bleeblor. They wouldn't even post something negative about the ideas without clarifying that it's not about the person specifically in text yeah. so that no one could read that into And then it. they mean it in a way to encourage them to improve. They would always specify that as well. Yeah, even if it takes four tweets, they'll just, they'll just do it. it. Yeah. yeah, it's not about engagement to them. It's about clarity. That's a Bleeblorp fan for you. But Bleeblorp fans, whew. Go to hell, you pieces of shit. And with that, we'll see you all next time. <laughs> yeah, talk to you soon, folks. We now go to the old two-meeting sketch. Johnny, come on in. Welcome to the drama specialist's office. I understand you're a recently bullied child. Somehow, everyone found out I cried, and I just need to stay away from all this toxic drama. I need a drama specialist. Well, you've come to the right place. I am a drama specialist, and kids your age, they, they often have problems with drama, high school drama. There's it's so uh, much drama now. It's a common thing. It's too I, much. It's always too much. It was just as bad in my day. <laughs> Not the online stuff. We didn't have the tools you kids did, but just as vicious. But- Light at the end of the tunnel, I have a whole bunch of great advice for you on how to avoid drama completely 100%. Would you like Perfect. to- Perfect. Yeah, lay it on me. I'm ready. Well, they don't call me a specialist for nothing. So number one, avoid gossip. Have you been gossiping? Yeah, I've been gossiping. Yeah, yeah avoid it. That. Number two, keep secrets. Don't tell your secrets to anyone, and especially people who can't keep them. That would have really helped me. I don't remember who I had mentioned it to, but it has fucked me up socially. Don't mind read. Don't project on people. Ask people what they're thinking rather than saying what they're thinking. Right. Uh, if you... It's just not a productive way of discourse, or... Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I mean, unless you're actually telepathic. I've never met a telepathic child, but... I can confirm I'm not telepathic, so no, that's the right advice to give right. me. Right, yeah, that doesn't exist in our universe. Next, focus on the positive. It's hard for people to get mad at you if you're just constantly a beam of sunshine, a little Jimmy-shaped beam of sunshine. Right, and since turnabout is fair play, they'll be nice to me. And even if they're not, at least you won't make it worse. Next, don't hold grudges. Let things go. Be like water. I could be a little more mindful about some of the issues. I guess at the very least, I could try to not act from a place of grudge, even if it's what I'm honestly feeling. Absolutely. It leads right into swallow your pride and admit when you're wrong. Even if you're feeling a grudge, you just swallow that pride. 
Wow, that sounds like a great list of ways I can avoid interpersonal Be honest drama. and communicative, avoid passive aggression. Right. Stay out of other people's fights. Right, even if it's- Keep your opinions about mutual friends to yourself. Bite that tongue, Jimmy. Oh, yeah, this is starting to feel like a lot of advice. Yeah, but, sorry, I should have maybe went with the coaxing. It's it's a big list. I kind of had to force those last ones out because you were <laughs> signaling you were uncomfortable with the list and how long it was getting. So I I really wanted to jam them all in because they're all right. really good pieces of advice. So basically just I have to behave in sort of a de-escalating manner overall as a strategy, maybe with some reasonable exceptions based on... You know, well, no, except if you want to absolutely minimize the risk of drama to the point of even sacrificing yourself and your own emotional well-being, I would say no exceptions, just 100% people pleaser. Right. So, but if I wanted to sacrifice, if I didn't want to sacrifice myself and my own well-being, then yes, you can maybe have some exceptions. reasonable exceptions. And set boundaries. It might cause conflict sometimes, but it'll be worth it at least. Right. That's less about avoiding drama and more about good mental health stuff. And I'm more of a drama counselor and less of a mental health counselor. So take that advice with a grain of salt setting boundaries and all that. I don't know about that. I know about drama. Well, thank you. This has been, you've dramatically reoriented me towards the world of interpersonal drama in my high school context. And I've left with tools and strategies that I can actually see helping to set up a disposition of de-escalation. Although I'm not going to take it to the extreme cartoonish degree that you suggested. Glad to hear that, Jimmy. You know, another difference between me and therapists is that my meetings only last about five minutes because that's all I need to dispense my great advice. No, yeah, you've completely reached in and rewired me like an electronic device or swapped out my parts like a car. I'm a changed boy. Bye, bye. Oh, nice bells on the door, by the way. That's that's a charming touch. I like an audio cue to know someone's entered. I'll just have a quick moment. Breathe in, breathe out. Squinch. Good to see you, Mr. Drama Specialist. Hey, you're great. Oh, thank uh, you. It's, I hear great things. My numbers, they're not going up when I want them to. Oh, uh, yeah. This is a common problem streamers have. They like it when the numbers go up, and they don't like it when the numbers go down. It's not mathematically guaranteed to happen. Do you want a bit of coaxing, or should I just jump right into the advice, give you a big, big list of it all? I think my learning style is to get some a little bit of coaxing, but... A little bit of coaxing? Yeah. Right. So... What you want is to make a splash on the streaming scene, yeah. to really get people to notice and you, that's, have that's people I'm reaching tweeting out to about you, specialist. talking about yes. you. Yes, exactly. Advice number one, don't keep secrets. Tell your secrets to people who can't keep them. So then they scan them and then like <laughs> it blows up. See, oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's, a that's kept a... secret is a non-blown up secret. No, a kept secret isn't going to earn me any sort of positive views or hate views, any views. Exactly. So you should just gossip as much as possible. Next, are you attempting to read people's minds and just projecting thoughts into their heads and like, or are you asking them what they think? No, that's a good one. I think Project I, I, I more. can work on that more. Mind read. Focus on the negative. Find the negative things mm -hmm. about people and hold grudges for as long as you can. Right. I mean, ideally, you'd probably want to have some sort of healthy balance between positive and negative but i'm just i'm just telling you what will increase the most amount of drama if you want to have some kind of balance or like you know worry about your mental health or that's not me i'm not i'm just right. i'm just helping you with drama so be dishonest don't communicate well and a little sassy passive aggression never hurt anything have you been inserting yourself into other people's fights yeah i try 
that does not sound like I want to hear. Yes, every day. Right. I'm so, jumping into panels and making it all about me. Okay. I'm going to find where the tension is and then I'm going to put myself in the middle of it. Exactly. And then never admit you're wrong. Just you're a proud, strong, always correct beacon of truth. The thing is, is even if I did say something incorrect and it was a small mistake, it's been corrected. A lot of people might not know that, but it already has been corrected if it was wrong. And it's annoying that people keep bringing it up. Right. Yeah. It reflects poorly on them. And it's not even talking about my actual position. And then just smoothly move right into talking shit about your coworkers and just never bite that tongue. Teeth off tongue. I don't think I could bite. This is why I'm a streamer. I don't think I could bite this tongue if I had tried I, as many hours as possible, as long as well, possible. Well, whatever tongue you haven't been, it seems like you've been biting too much if your numbers are going down. Figure out what to unbite because the audience needs fresh blood. Wow. Thank you, drama specialist. You know, I've been recently trying to achieve a better balance with everything, but there'll be time for that hey, later. That's You talk to your therapist about that. I don't know about that. Ah, stop seeing that asshole. And hey, these are, these are just five minutes and you're done. This is way easier than a Bing, therapist's bam, boom, office. Yeah. yeah, it's quick. Right, I know. So. I'm totally rewired by this. Swapped out my parts like a car. Just to be clear, I'm not going to tell anybody that you cried in here today. That's just between us. Thank you, sir. I'm a specialist, a drama specialist. Tell all your friends and uh, have a nice day. And that was the old two knitting sketch. Hello, everyone. It's me, the king of drama. Why do people say that drama queens love drama but claim to hate drama? Well, it's simple. The accusation of something being dramatic is dramatic in itself. Because when you're calling something dramatic, you're speaking to an audience. You're recruiting that audience into the process of adjudicating that drama. So to accuse something of being drama is dramatic. Drama is a status-based conflict between peers for an audience, a process which recruits others into adjudication and sides-taking, resulting in escalating conflict, discomfort, sometimes entertainment, but also social fractures. It's something that everyone participates in, but because we live in a patriarchal society, we blame women for drama. And finally, drama isn't all good or all bad. It is certainly a good thing to try to de-escalate whenever you can, try to avoid unnecessary conflicts, but as a social process as a whole that can't really be gotten rid of entirely and serves important social purposes. We can learn lessons from drama, we can pay attention to conflicts, and they can teach us about the world and teach us about ourselves and help us decide who we want to be. For example, I chose the role of king of the kingdom of drama, and I decided I wanted to be that, and now I am the drama king. So that's drama, folks. Uh, that is all. So I'll just get back to my throne and do king stuff. Bye-bye. Next time on Seriously Wrong, Panleftion and Squinch try to have a reasoned argument. Can we talk about how you took that clip of me dishonestly implying that I support the Holocaust and turned it into your dono sound? Your people do it to me. I never just, made it my dono sound. Yeah, I turned about Sure, people play. clip things, but I didn't make it my dono sound. What dono sound? What is it? What are you blowing this out of proportion? It's a dono sound. It's not, I'm not fucking showing up at your house with a gun threatening to kill you and your kids. It's a dono sound. Grow up. Well, I don't support the Holocaust, okay? Well, the, most people don't have to say that, and you do. And scene. I am wrong. You are wrong. We are wrong. I am wrong.